Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well. Because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizka, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments, so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Today's topic is about chronic pain. I'm so very excited about today's show because my special guest is Dr. Joe Tata. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Uh, Dr. Joe Tata is a doctor of physical therapy, board certified nutrition specialist, and functional medicine practitioner who specializes in treating persistent pain and lifestyle related musculoskeletal, metabolic, and autoimmune health issues. His mission is to create a new paradigm around treating persistent pain and reverse our global pain epidemic. He's a creator of the Healing Pain Online Summit and the host of the Healing Pain Podcast, designed to broaden the conversation around natural strategies towards solving persistent pain. Dr. Tata is also the author of the best-selling book, Heal Your Pain Now, a revolutionary program to reset your brain and body for a pain-free life. Dr. Tata, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm super excited to talk to you about how we can help reverse our chronic pain epidemic. Yeah, so I think that's a good place to start because, uh, well, I know and you know that in North America, pain really is an epidemic. So if you can kind of talk about some of those stats and, of course, about um, the epidemic of uh, using opioids for pain control and how terrible that is yeah I, I sure can and i think as you know chiropractic physicians and physical therapists you know, we're seeing chronic pain is the number one complaint we're seeing in our practice and oftentimes we're the last resort for patients they're going through the medical system and they're you know seeing their primary care doctor then maybe their their pain medicine specialist their physiatrist their orthopedic surgeon the rheumatologist and they're first they're coming into you know what's called a biomedical model. So they're winding up being treated with prescription medication, surgery, or injections to treat their chronic pain. And for acute pain, those are wonderful treatments, and they work very, very well. We know from both clinical practice and research that they don't work very well for people who have chronic pain. So returning to, we're very rapidly returning toward it, what's called a biopsychosocial model, or to boil that down in simplistic terms, ways to heal the body and ways to heal chronic pain naturally. And, you know, the biggest, I think, fallout from our chronic pain epidemic is, of course, we have about 116 million Americans who struggle with chronic pain, but the fallout from it really has been an opioid epidemic where uh, prescribers have, have chosen prescription opioids or, or painkillers, as, as the average public knows them, as first line of treatment. And we now probably have about two to three million people who are dependent and or addicted to opioid medications. We probably lose about 30,000 people each year to overdoses that are non-intentional. It's just that it's an awful side effect that 
these medications depress your respiratory system, and people wind up unfortunately passing for them. So we're, we're figuring out very rapidly how to heal pain naturally and to make the public aware of the dangers that are out there that the traditional medical community has really yet to to discuss. And the you know the pharmaceutical companies have have a large play in this also. They have uh, promoted this the use of prescription medication as a way to cure pain first, not only to the public, but also to those who have the power to prescribe. And it's another, you know, group we need to educate as well as to how we can heal the public naturally. So, um, as you said, um, most patients who have chronic pain, you know, by the time they see somebody like uh, you or I, they've already seen uh, a few specialists. I, I know, well, I'll speak from my practice in Canada. Like, they've seen their family doctor. They've seen some specialists. They've seen the chiropractor, the physio, the um an acupuncturist, maybe in, uh, maybe, uh, 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 sorry, brain fart here, um, register massage therapist, mm-hmm. um, an osteopath even, and they're, they're still, you know, having problems. So we have to think, for, for a lot of patients, you know, we have to think beyond the typical kind of musculoskeletal approach, mm-hmm. or th- think deeper into the musculoskeletal approach. So, so that's you know part of why I wanted to have you on as a guest today, and and we'll we'll get to some of those things you know as we as we speak today. But um, why do you think tackling chronic pain is such a huge challenge? The reason why it's such a huge challenge is that we have treated pain just as as a symptom, and we now know that chronic pain is a disease in and of itself. When we treat it as just a symptom, that's when we get stuck in symptomatic relief, which can be important, obviously. We, we want your pain to go away. We want to help you and the pain and suffering. But when you treat it as a symptom with just the medication or at times some of the interventions that all of us in physical medicine use, we really have to st- pause and say, okay, there's a place for almost everything we've learned in school and everything we use in our practice to help people with pain. However, it's really getting to the root cause of their pain and healing their pain 100%. So as we, as we shift our mindset as, pub, as the public and as practitioners and not just look at pain as a symptom but really as, it's a, as a disease in and of itself, it really levels the entire playing field and then we can start over and then we can create a, you know, really a truly functional approach to healing someone's chronic condition. I like that approach. Okay, so can we kind of shift gears and talk about um, the neurology behind chronic pain and why pain gets stuck in the body and then how the brain contributes to our pain? We can. I think the, the best place to start is to think about acute pain. Acute pain is the pain we, all, we know very well. So when you fall and you scrape your knee or you break an arm or you sprain an ankle, that's acute pain. That pain is caused by some type of tissue being damaged. Now, when tissue is damaged, your body has a wonderful and amazing inflammatory process that it goes through to fix that damaged tissue. And that inflammatory process is predictable. Dr. Carey, you and I both know that inflammatory process very well, and it should resolve itself within about four months. So within four months, if you break an arm, sprain an ankle, cut cut your knee or get a paper cut, depending on how severe the injury is, that can take anywhere from 14 days to four months to heal. Once it's healed, your pain should go away. 
if you have an injury and you go through those phases of healing, but the pain persists afterwards, then that's what's termed as chronic pain. And with chronic pain, there are changes that happen not only in the body, so of course we have to look toward the body because we're looking at pain, but there are also changes, most importantly, that happen in the brain and in the central nervous system, and that's really the icing on the cake or the cherry on top when we help start when we help people with chronic pain. And so, Dr. Joe, can you talk about some of these changes that happen in the brain? The easiest thing is to talk about what's called central sensitization. So, central sensitization is a really fancy term for basically saying that your brain is continuing to produce pain as an output or it's continuing to to produce pain as an alarm even after those phases of healing, even after the tissue is healed. So you may have normal inputs that come into the body, let's say like movement. When you move, your body takes in information, proprioception, and if you're stuck in that harm alarm phase, if you still have central sensitization, even gentle movements, or another place you see this is, is with massage therapy or any, any type of manual therapy where even gentle touch can cause a pain response. And people stay very hypersensitized or we say their nervous system is overly sensitive, sometimes for years, months, or decades when they shouldn't. And they keep looking to the body as the cause, but we really know that that hypersensitivity or that central sensitization is really happening in the brain and happening in the nervous system. And there are changes both on the structural level, so what parts of your brain are involved in that process, as well as more the functional level, looking at some of the neurotransmitters and the chemicals that may be imbalanced with a chronic pain type syndrome. And I guess the, the good news is that we can help get patients out of this central sensitization, right? Absolutely. Realizing first that you shouldn't have chronic pain. You shouldn't be struggling with chronic pain. And when I talk about pain being in the brain or this central problem, I'm not saying that the pain is in your head. Your pain is 100% real. Everyone's pain is very real. It's just that we're learning more and more and we're shifting our thought process away from kind of the more joints and muscles and we're starting to look at, okay, what happened with this particular person's pain experience? Because ultimately, pain is an experience. It's multifactorial. It involves many aspects of your physical body as well as your mind that cause that pain to persist. So I'm glad you mentioned that, Dr. Joe, that it's, it's really, well... Is not really in their head, but it kind of is because there is a there's a real physiological phenomenon happening in the brain. But That's it's right. but yeah. it's not that people are making this up. And and for the listeners out there that are suffering with chronic pain, I know a lot of them. Um, a, a lot of them know that there really is something wrong. Like there's there's a root cause for what they're feeling. Mm-hmm although they go and see these different doctors and different specialists and they're not improving or they're basically told like, I don't know, maybe we should start you on antidepressants or mm-hmm. um, uh, Abilify or um, what's the an one anti- that they use for... anti-anxiety uh, medication yeah. or you know, gabapentin. You know, the list is long. And I, I think your point is really well taken where when you've been to, let's say, 10 practitioners and you haven't found the answer, and you know deep in your heart, deep in your soul that I wasn't like this when I started my life out, and there probably is no reason why I should be like that now, hold on to that thought and keep searching and keep going through the process of finding the right person. Eventually, you'll find someone 
who can give you the the solution for for your pain. Yeah, and Dr. Joe, you know and I know from these patients that come in with all these different types of chronic pain, chronic pain syndromes, fibromyalgia, just chronic low back pain. Um, it, it it's complicated. And there, there can be a lot of issues going on, usually by the time, you know, they come to see uh, uh, somebody like us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a real puzzle, but for the listeners out there to, to have some hope, because it's just a matter of figuring it out. And, and sometimes it can really feel like a real needle in the haystack uh, from a clinical standpoint, too. But a good doctor will not give up. Right, Dr. That's Joe? Right. Absolutely. The right, the right practitioner is not going to give up on, on someone with chronic pain because the right pac- practitioner really knows, okay, here's a here's maybe a checklist of the things that I have in my head from school, from my continuing education, from what I've learned, and I need to slowly but surely probably work through those steps and help this patient, oftentimes coach this patient, oftentimes really step forward with compassion and support for this patient because most people wind up at your door, they've seen 10 practitioners, and they're really frustrated and they're a little despondent. And that's why when we look at our patients with chronic pain, up, upwards of 50% of them at some point have been given a diagnosis of depression. And that's when they're placed on the antidepressants, the Abilify, you know, we go down the list. And people get to me and I often say to them, you know, it's not that you're depressed and it's not that you have a chemical imbalance in your brain. It's that you've been struggling with this for so long and it's made you sad and it's made you a little melancholy and that's expected. And as you start to learn the tools that I'm going to teach you and the tools that you can apply to your own life, you're going to find that that sadness and that, that grief, that frustration will start to, to lift as your pain goes away and as you start to feel more empowered with the ways you can heal yourself naturally. So let's start talking about some of those tools. And I wanted to start with movement and exercise because we know from a neurological standpoint that movement and exercise is very very much vital to having a healthy brain uh, health and mm-hmm. uh, in regaining uh, positive neuroplasticity. But so many patients in chronic pain, they, they get stuck in a cycle. And patients, too, that have chronic fatigue, they just get it stuck in the cycle where they, they just don't want to exercise or they're afraid moving mm-hmm. and exercising is going to make them worse, <laughs> um, e- even small amounts. So, so can you talk about that aspect i sure can you know movement is one of the best forms of medicine we have when it comes to helping those with chronic pain one of the biggest myths i like to bust is oftentimes someone will tell you if it hurts don't do it if movement hurts stop if this hurts avoid it and that's really when people get caught in the worst circumstances when it comes to having chronic pain because what happens is okay it hurts you to walk a mile so you just stop walking a mile And then your brain and your body pay attention to that and your pain tolerance kind of resets itself. So now you can't walk a mile, you can only walk 0.75 miles. So now when you hit 0.75 miles, you have a new pain tolerance or a new pain threshold and you stop walking and now you're only down to 0.5 miles. And in reality, what you actually need to do is the opposite. You need to start out with a little bit of exercise, exercise that you feel comfortable and confident with, that each week, you increase it just a little bit more, and you may even have a little bit of soreness, but you can still be safe. And the way, the way I explain this to people is that you can have a little bit of awareness or pain or a little bit of awareness of discomfort, and that's okay. And in fact, 
as you're exercising, no matter what mode of exercise you choose, I actually want you to kind of just brush up against that pain threshold or just gently brush up against that feeling of discomfort and know that's where you should be. And over time, as you do that, you'll lay down these new pathways in your brain and these new pathways in your nervous system so that next time you go to exercise, your brain doesn't turn on fear each time you move. Because what happens is when your brain turns on fear, what follows after that fear oftentimes is pain. So telling patients and telling people with chronic pain that they should not move, we want them to do actually the opposite. So how, how do we start to do that, Dr. Carey? Look, if you have had that chronic pain for decades and it hurts to move, something like a basic walking program can be wonderful. Something like a basic yoga class, a, a basic level yoga class or a restorative yoga class can be wonderful. Feldenkrais activity, a basic Pilates session. Obviously, seeing a licensed healthcare practitioner who can get you started on a prescriptive exercise program is wonderful. And that's really the way you start if you have kind of the worst types of pain. Exercise is also really important for those who have metabolic syndrome. And oftentimes when you have metabolic syndrome, your body is in a persistent state of inflammation. So for those patients, I oftentimes point them toward the direction of basic weight training. So twice a week where you're lifting weights, something relatively moderate, 8 to 12 repetitions, where you're doing some pushing, pulling, squatting, and lunging. And then maybe adding in some high-intensity interval training as you start to gain some strength, as your pain starts to go away, and you can do more activity. And for the listeners out there, remember Dr. Joe said to start slow and at the pace that's right for you. And so if that's a walking program, that might be walking to the end of your driveway and back in your house. That might be where you need to start. And if it's uh, weight training resistance, that might be using a soup can as your level of weight right? Like it, it really is starting low and slow, right, Dr. Joe? Absolutely. Some people can do, you know, if someone is homebound and many patients with chronic, chronic pain are in their home, they often don't leave. You can start just with going from a sit to stand position 10 times a day, twice a day, which is a basic modified form of like a lunge or a squat. You can do wall push-ups. You can find things around your house that weigh, like you said, between two and five pounds where you can start to lift weight easily. You can go on a walk with your friends. There are so many things you can do to help yourself move in a way that will give you that confidence back. And uh, along this uh, line of exercise, one thing that I often recommend for patients, um, you know, if they're open to it, is something like uh, Tai Chi or Qigong. And that kind of kind of marries the movement exercise component also with a mind component because we know that there is a mind component and we want to harness that also for healing. That's right. Things like Tai Chi and Qigong are wonderful because they include that movement aspect, as you mentioned. They're also wonderful exercises that help incorporate a fancy word, which is called our somatosensory cortex. So that's the representation of our body in our brain. So in your brain, there's a map or a GPS of your entire body. And when you have chronic pain, oftentimes that map gets confused and your brain no longer actually knows where your arms are, where your legs are, and you get things like poor balance or poor proprioception. So those types of exercises can be really important for reintegrating certain parts of the brain. The somatosensory cortex is one where your brain is focused not only on the sensation, but also on the movement aspect of it. So I love that you just brought that up. 
And then are there any other um, tools or suggestions about leveraging the healing power of the mind? The biggest way to leverage the healing power of your mind is really to stop believing some of the, the myths or, or false beliefs that we have uh, propagated about chronic pain. We've talked about a lot of them already, some of them around surgery and medication. But one of the things when you work with someone with chronic pain is you have to obviously pay attention to the language you're using with a patient as well as the language your patient is using when they communicate with you. And if they're using language that they say, you know, I'm always going to have this pain, Dr. Carey, or Dr. Carey, this pain's never going to go away. I've had it for 10 years, or this pain's going to be the death of me, or this pain ruins, uh, runs my life or is ruining my life. Those are what are known as pain catastrophizing thoughts. And it's just a fancy word of saying these are negative thoughts. And when you have negative thoughts, they lead to more, more negative thoughts. And they keep that fight or flight response going in your body, which leads to things like tension and tightness and inflammation, which make pain worse. So learning how to have these conversations with your patient, and this may be done just, you know, in passing during your treatment session, or you may, you know, sit down with someone and do like a mini cognitive behavioral session where you talk for 10 or 15 minutes about some of these principles and you help them reframe some of those negative thinking to quiet that nervous system and to quiet that harm alarm. So how, how do you do that? It, it's, they're really, really simple. And you can have patients journal about this. You can talk to them and give them a couple pointers. But it's saying things like, well, even though you have pain, you're doing really well on your diet and you've lost five pounds. Even though your pain has persisted, I know you started taking that gentle yoga class I recommended down the block. Or even though you have pain, you're still going to work and you have yet to take a sick day. That's really awesome. Congratulations. So there are really ways to help reframe someone's thought patterns and their process in a way that are more healthy. And it actually helps them cope with not only the pain that they have in the moment, but actually alleviates their suffering. There's a difference between pain and suffering. Pain is the physical response or the physical sensation you feel in your body. Suffering is what's attached to the emotions or the emotional responses or behaviors that that particular person is having. And Buddhism is really wonderful at teaching some of these basic principles. But when you enlighten some of your patients, and you can do this in any basic medical practice, whether you're a physician, a chiropractor, a physical therapist, a massage therapist, it doesn't matter who you are, just integrating a couple of these types of, of lessons can really help your patient deal with the suffering and really look at themselves in a way that's compassionate and can help them heal a lot faster. Fantastic. Dr. Joe, let's switch gears here and talk about nutrition because I know um, nutrition is one of the first tools that you use and one of the first tools that I use when it comes um, to helping people fight chronic pain and help heal from inflammation. So can you uh, talk to us about that aspect? I sure can. And when we look at our patients with chronic pain, probably about half of them have an autoimmune disease or some underlying autoimmune component to it. So we know there's an active inflammatory response going on in the body. And nutrition should be your first step in healing that naturally. And then beyond that, when you look at patients who have prediabetes, diabetes, metabolic syndrome, obesity, heart disease, these are all conditions that have inflammation as the underlying cause. So nutrition should be the place you go 
oftentimes before you choose those anti-inflammatory medications, before you choose the opioids. And uh, when someone comes to see me as a physical therapist, oftentimes they're, they're quite shocked because they think, okay, we're going to exercise together or I'm going to do some kind of joint mobilization or modality. And they have their place. But we have to look to change people's physiology, their biochemistry, their, their biochemical makeup in a 100% natural way. And I really believe in meeting people where they are. So in my practice, oftentimes people are coming to me, they've tried a couple different diets, but for many people listening to the podcast or just listening or, or finding our work for the first time, they have yet to try any type of nutritional strategy first. So for those patients, I say, what you want to do is move to a 100% whole foods diet. And if you look at your diet and you find that most of the foods you're eating are processed or they come in a box or can or made by man or they're coming from a restaurant on the corner then chances are that's not a whole food. It's, it, it's a state where it's been stripped of its vital nutrients, its vital vitamins and minerals and phytochemicals, and oftentimes there have been things added to it like preservatives and chemicals, which can cause that inflammation to persist. So that's where you start on a really, really super basic level if you've never tried any type of nutritional approach or strategy first. Fantastic. I agree with meeting people where they are. And then... One of the things that I'll often do, and, and probably you do this too, is um, at some point is I'll introduce the concept of finding your food friends and your food enemies mm -hmm. uh, through something like an elimination diet to try and find foods that we know are actually triggering that patient's pain yeah. and inflammation. And and I found that extremely useful, and it can it can really vary. I had one patient who we found out she was actually um, sensitive to coconut. <laughs> and uh, as you know, coconut is like the superfood yeah, the the super super food of, the of the year. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and so many people, they're doing coconut oil and coconut water and coconut flour, you know, especially if they're doing a paleo diet. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I had her do this very, very simple um, elimination diet and she figured it was coconut and she removed that coconut from her diet and this patient had abdominal pain on a daily basis for four straight years and had every test done and once we figure that one thing out and like I said listeners it can really be like a needle in a haystack but once we figured that one thing out and she stopped eating that one food her pain was gone yeah, and oftentimes, sometimes people come into your practice and they, they know right away, like, okay, I, I cannot eat tomatoes. When I eat tomatoes, my fingers feel really tight and stiff, and it's really apparent. Other times, there are, like you said, there are foods that are in a recipe, like maybe they're using coconut oil to saute their vegetables, or they're, you know, using a coconut milk to make their shake in the morning, and they just have no idea that it could be that one thing because they're reading the blog at the moment. So it is really important to teach people about food and to teach them how to use food as medicine, to teach them which foods for their particular body and their biochemistry are inflammatory and which foods are, are not inflammatory or anti-inflammatory for them. And once you do that, people really start to say, well, I had no idea that I could, one, have control of my pain, and two, that just by making these little simple switches within the matter of three days, I noticed my pain goes from an 8 out of 10 down to a 2 out of 10. Or in a matter of three days, my pain is actually gone. And I'm no longer taking the anti-inflammatories or reaching for the Advil. And it's really wonderful because people, one, it saves them money. They stop buying medications. They stop, you know, going to the doctor for the, the checkup or the x-ray or the MRI or maybe potentially the surgery, which 
is very costly in today's day and age and oftentimes does not help those with chronic pain. And you're really giving them their life back and you're giving them a way to, to, and I don't like to use the word manage because I really don't think people want to manage their pain. You're really like giving people the tools to cure their pain so they can live that joyous and fulfilled life that they really want. Absolutely. Dr. Joe, we have a few minutes left here and I know we don't have we don't have near enough time to tackle everything that we want to tackle today. But um, having said that, um, is there anything else that, that you think is important for our listeners to know about uh, chronic pain that we have not talked about yet? Well, the first thing I want people to know is I want you to know their alternatives. So oftentimes you're going to wind up in a situation where someone is prescribing you something, whether it's a medication or a surgery or an injection. And what you want to do is, is be your own advocate. And if you can't be that, then obviously I can be that for you or Dr. Carey can be that for you and say, you know, I really would like to try to treat my pain naturally first and conservatively before I do something that is non-conservative. So ask your practitioner for that first. If you don't get that, Know it's, within, know it's within your 100% right as a patient to say no thank you and to you know go online or ask your friend what's helped them and, and to figure it out. After that, what I want you to know if, if you have chronic pain is of course there's help and really just to be compassionate with yourself and not beat yourself up that you have this chronic disease. Oftentimes patients are, 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 are very concerned they have this label on them like fibromyalgia or rheumatoid arthritis, and it's going to be a chronic condition that gets worse and worse and worse. We now know that 90% of the chronic pain conditions that are out there, we can reverse them naturally with food as medicine, with movement as medicine, or helping you with some of the basic cognitive strategies to reframe your thoughts and thinking. So those those are really the take-homes that I want people to know. We've covered most of them in, in today's podcast, but of course, when you start working with patients, these these go much, much deeper. Dr. Joe, how can our listeners find out more about you, and can, can you tell us again about your book? Sure. The book is called Heal Your Pain Now, the revolutionary program to reset your brain and body for a pain-free life. You can find it in bookstores or online real t- retailers. You can, of course, find out all about me on my website at www.drjoetata.com, and you'll find my book there as well as my online program called Heal Your Pain, Heal Your Life. So uh, for our listeners out there, I'll make sure that those links are in the podcast notes so that you can easily find uh, Dr. Joe's book and all of the great information that Dr. Joe has out there for you. Dr. Joe, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has been an awesome interview. Thank you so much, Dr. Carries. Great being here chatting with you. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Dr. Joe Tata. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next time for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Kiri Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Kerry Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Kerry is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Kerry is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Kerry.